Hello, and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Today I have the privilege of talking to Carol Laurie. And Carol is a native Philadelphian. She received her undergraduate degree from Temple University and she um, went on to attend the National College of Naturopathic Medicine. She also has her, her acupuncture uh, license and she is an expert in homeopathy and has attended advanced functional medicine classes. And she is um, a real great functional practitioner for women with PCOS. And um, with, without f- further ado, Carol, I just want to, in- to uh, welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. It's really a privilege to be here. Well, I met you this summer, and it was kind of like meeting, um, you know, a kindred spirit, a, another woman who's really devoted um, her life to um, and her practice to helping women with PCOS. And I know you became especially concerned with the increase of young girls and women coming to your practice with this complex presentation of PCOS. And um and you've really focused your expertise in helping um, women with PCOS recover using an integrative approach, which I love. I think the integrative approach is so important and really the way to go. Um, about a year and a half ago, I w- attended the PCOS symposium at UCLA, and um, a lot of the moms were brought their young daughters in uh, to attend the seminar, and it was a day-long seminar, and they came up to talk to me, and they said, you know, we don't really know what to do. Um, the doctor just says, just go on the birth control pill, or just takes metformin, and our, my daughter is only like 12 or 13 or 14. I don't want her on the pill and the metformin, so what are my options? And um, as you and I both agree, we need to get the word out there that there is a lot you can do with a healthy lifestyle and the correct supplements to attend to the PCOS imbalance from the inside out. Yeah, you know, and I think that's why I like, um, you know, what you do and the work you do and and really getting to that root cause. Um, And I just, um, I know we recorded a... um, a podcast or for a summit recording for an upcoming summit that you have on kind of that mind body connection and healing and and um so you know I, I um definitely why don't, why don't you give that a little plug as well um right now before I forget but um I love that you recognize that mind body healing um is so important for women with PCOS too Um, Well, thank you. We'll be having um, a summit called HerHealthAndSpiritSummit.com, and it's set to start um, February 10th. It's going to be approximately five to seven days. We're having, I think, 42 speakers at this point, and the whole attitude or approach of the summit is we all have to attend to the inner spirit of the woman in addition to the outer health. 
and attending to both of them, the psychological, emotional, the spiritual, along with the physical things that we need to do, is really the way to go to up-level your health and achieve mm-hmm. a higher level of feeling well and wellness. Yeah, and I think um, as we record this podcast, it's January 3rd, and we're embarking on a new year, and everybody has their you know, New Year's intentions and resolutions. And I think for me that that is how I am able to sustain a healthy lifestyle is that I'm, I'm also working on, um, you know, nurturing my spirit and um, my that mind-body connection and, and working on my personal growth and development. And, and fueling that fire definitely helps me sustain taking care of, of my body. And I think today I would love to talk with you about some tips on, you know, how do you how do you um, encourage your patients on creating a sustainable kind of healthy PCOS lifestyle that that um, that you can keep keep with it beyond you know the first couple weeks of the new year? Um, one, I want to go back to what it was like um, for these moms with their young girls who came to see me, okay. and this was in Los Angeles, and. Los Angeles is one of the most externally oriented places on the planet, but one of the side effects of having PCOS is your body has a little different shape, maybe you're a little overweight, maybe you have some facial hair, and women come into my practice and they go, I hardly eat anything, but I can't lose weight, I'm exercising, and so there's a lot of shame that they have that they don't quote-unquote fit in. And I think one of the first things about maintaining a sustainable approach towards dealing with PCOS is acknowledging these inner symptoms and these inner feelings and addressing them and how can we help the woman feel better about herself and who she is and accept certain realities of her body type and then work towards a healthy lifestyle and then see if anything changes but not think that, oh, I have to starve myself so I can be skinny, because that's not Mm -hmm. the way it will work when you have PCOS. Yeah, I think for me, it was a huge mindset shift from going what I call the um, diet deprivation and denial kind of mindset, you know, constantly depriving myself on these crazy diets to one of, um, you know, mindset of, of nourishing and um, really being nurturing to myself, and that's mm-hmm. what what helped me make a big shift. and And that's kind of what I teach my clients. Um, and I think you're you're right. You know, looking at um, going from starving yourself to um, you know really feeding your body the foods that are going to help it heal. That attitude that you're talking about, about nurturing and self-care, is really the way that I think a young girl or a woman in the world can hold on to that attitude and move forward, and it makes it very easy to make the choices that she needs to make for her health without feeling deprived. Deprivation is really not a way to go. So how do you counsel, um, you know, if you have a mom and a teen in your office and, you know, I I have uh, two teenage boys myself and, um, 
you know, I've really worked at, at talking to them about healthy eating and why it's so important with their body and, um, you know, their mind and, and their athletics and everything. So I, I feel like I have these, like, wellness warriors, but I've been working on them for, for years mm-hmm. now since yeah. they were little. Um, but yeah. how do you, you know, for the moms out there listening, how do you help, like, a teenage girl who's, you know, going out with friends, eating pizza and ice cream and oh. Doritos yeah. and soda? Um, you know, how do, how do you counsel to make help them make that shift? Well, I think the whole thing about eating healthy for PCOS is the way the whole family needs to eat. It's yeah. not a radical diet. It's not a radical food plan. And a lot of the moms and have husbands and everybody seems to be a little overweight and their cholesterol is too high. So I work with the moms really. This is not just, quote, a diet for your young daughter who has PCOS. It's a healthy way to eat for the mom and the dad and the brothers and the other siblings in the house. So I think that's the first place to start. Um, it's very hard for a young girl or any any teenager when they go out with their friends and everybody is eating pizza and soda and Doritos, which are just horrible for everybody, and it's especially horrible for a young girl with PCOS. Um, I encourage her, I think this is where the empowerment comes in, to say to her friends, I don't want to go to a pizza place, or is there a pizza place that will serve a salad, and I can have a salad while you guys are having pizza. And maybe she'd only have, you know, two bites of pizza as opposed to two slices and have a salad. And there are ways to make healthier choices for yourself so that you're not hurting your body with food. It's 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 a up leveling experience of maturity and determination, I think. Mm. Well, I love that you said that. Really, the whole family has to get on board to support that young girl with PCOS, or um, you know, any woman with PCOS. I know in my family, I don't cook two different meals. I think that that really sets women up for disaster when they're cooking a meal for themselves and then something else for everyone else in the family. Um, And I just highly discourage that approach to, you know, a PCOS lifestyle. Um, And you're right. It's going to benefit um, everyone in the family um, eating the way that, that we should be eating with PCOS. Um, it's not that hard to eat healthy, and it's not. It takes a little bit of time management initially when you have to open your pantry door and look at all the unhealthy food that you have in there, all the processed mm-hmm. food, all the prepackaged food. Um, you know, I always talk to people who come to see me about the pantry redo moment, and um, I'm going to be filming a little video about that and have it on my website because it's such an important component of people have to up-level their health and our American society, unfortunately, isn't going to help them do it. And the wonderful thing about the Internet is that there are sites such as yours and mine and lots of other people that we know who talk about up-leveling your pantry and up-leveling your health and your family with your food. So um, for you, what does healthy eating look like? How, you know, if you, how do you advise your clients to get started? Well, I usually recommend a modified Mediterranean diet, and what that means is healthy oils, 
like really extra virgin olive oil, um, lots of organic fish and protein and meat and chicken, a ton of vegetables and salads in the summer and in the winter when it's colder out to eat cooked vegetables, limited grains, and I also try to get people to be gluten-free, which I live in California. It's not that hard out here, but I imagine Mm -hmm. that um, some places it's harder than others. But there's tons of gluten-free pasta options and gluten-free cereal options and People shouldn't be eating that many sugary sweets and cookies and crackers, but there are really um, easily found gluten-free cookies and crackers. And if you're a baker, there's lots of gluten-free flour options to use to make your recipes um, gluten-free. And I just finished baking a ton of holiday cookies gluten-free, and I used like an eighth of the amount of sugar that was required in the recipe. And they came out delicious. Yeah, you know, I think gluten-free is something that I've been that I've um been talking about for a long time. All my meal plans are gluten-free. It made a huge impact in my health. I know one thing that I um have noticed is hair loss. Um and if mm-hmm. I find gluten slipping back into my diet, I start experiencing hair loss again. And I know that so many women with PCOS deal with hair loss. So I encourage you um, to to give it a shot. And Carol's right. There's lots of products um, that are gluten-free, but, you know, um, know, it doesn't mean carte blanche on gluten-free cookies and crackers, like you said. But you can do it um, and not feel deprived. And it's just, you know, a great way to um, help with that, with leading more of an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. What do you think about dairy, Carol? Um, And I think everybody's really different. I think, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of the processed cheese and cheeses are not so great, but... um, um, out here we have this local organic um, farm that makes delicious whole milk yogurt. And I I tell a lot of my patients they can have that. Um, I'm not a big fan of cow's milk. so um, But I think, you know, this organic plain yogurt is delicious and has good calcium and probiotics in it. And I also recommend that people eat feta or goat cheese in their salads. But um, as far as or as far as lots of heavy cheeses and that kind of thing, I don't think it's so great for people. As you mentioned, there is an inflammatory component with PCOS um, that is contributing to the cysts in the ovaries. And one of the approaches that we have as people with a more integrative or natural approach towards PCOS is you want to decrease the inflammatory quotient in the person's body and the first step through that is through changing your diet, and then there are supplements that women can take to also help with that. Yeah, we're going to be talking about supplements in a minute. I, I'm just sort of curious in your experience. Um, I know I have found that it's very difficult to be a vegetarian or vegan with PCOS. Um, in my experience personally and with my clients and just anecdotal information I've been hearing from women, you know, for years online, that we need some clean animal protein. Just curious what your thoughts are on that. Um, I'm not a fan of veganism, <laughs> especially, I mean, maybe if you live in Hawaii and the weather is beautiful, but 
if you live like where you live in the East Coast and it's freezing in the winter, um, I'm an acupuncturist and I believe that thousands of years ago people ate with the seasons and you right. don't eat lettuce when it's negative 13 degrees out. I mean, you have to follow the seasons for your life and your diet. So I don't, not a big vegan fan at all. And too many times people have come into my practice, they're called vegetarians, and the definition of that is cheese and bread. And mm-hmm. um, it's, there's like not enough vegetables, there isn't enough protein combination. If you're going to be a vegetarian, you have to really do a little bit of study to make sure that you know what you're doing and not just deciding that, well, I'm not going to eat chicken or meat or fish and I'm just going to eat pasta and red sauce and cheese and bread. Um, that's not going to cut it for your health. Um, I do believe that it's really important to eat grass-fed beef. I have that very available where I live. Um, I know that there are websites where you can get frozen, grass-fed, naturally raised beef. If you're going to eat red meat, especially if you have PCOS where you have problems synthesizing your estrogen, you don't want to eat normally processed red meat, or I should rephrase that. It's not healthy for you because normally raised meat has a lot of antibiotics and they feed it sometimes hormones to make the cows fatter. So you're getting that extra exogenous hormones when you eat the red meat from that animal, and that's really not healthy for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and that's what I mean by clean protein, definitely. Grass-fed beef. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's funny. I know I'm kind of going to be woo-woo here, but I do feel like you kind of take on that energy. Um, I know my, my husband and I with my my boys were like um, traveling, and the boys wanted to go to Five Guys Burgers, and we were like, "All right, we'll just we'll just go." I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been there before. And that night, I had such a hard time sleeping because I had such anxiety. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if it's like this anxiety from this really, um, you know, this meat that was probably not all that humanely treated, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just something to kind of think about. Um, so I'm just would love for you to give our listeners some tips on how we can make eating healthy easier. Um, well, I'm a big fan of bringing my lunch. And um, so I have a 99% organic household. I don't think that everybody has to be that way, but it is easier if you set your mind on that. So I always bring my lunch. So I know that I have my little breakfast shake that I make for myself, and then I go to my office with my little igloo, and I have my lunch in it. And so I know that when I'm working, what I'm in control of what I'm eating. And if Mm -hmm. you're a young girl and you're going to school, it's really fine to bring your lunch. Um, One of the things a lot of the moms say to me is that it's, too expensive to eat healthy and organic. And if you're not buying soda, which nobody should be spending their money on, whether you have PCOS or not, and if you're not buying a lot of processed foods that come in these boxes that the advertising companies are spending a lot of money to make you think that you need to buy, you can really pay attention to your household budget for food 
in a, in a smarter, healthier way. Buying organic brown rice from the health food store in bulk is a lot less cheaper than going to the local supermarket and buying it that's already been processed and it's in a box. Um, the other thing I recommend that young women and also adult women figure out is where are the restaurants that I can go to where I can have better level of control over what I eat and that there are things on the menu where I can, like, say to them, please put the salad dressing on the side or I want a turkey burger or a uh, grilled chicken breast without the bread, please. It's very easy to eat a sandwich without the bread if you're going out to a um, restaurant. Um, little things like that can make a really big difference. Yeah, I call it being a diva, you know, at the restaurant, asking for exactly what you want and not <clears> being afraid to do that. I love that approach. That's, great. That's a great phrase and it's a great attitude. Uh, so let's shift a little bit to supplements. What are some of your favorite supplements for women with PCOS? Um, I, I like to do a couple of things which I feel attend to the three different areas of the main problems with PCOS. One is the blood sugar control, and I have a... Um, well, there's lots of different products, but I recommend this powder that can be made into like a delicious, healthy smoothie shake. And it has um, inulin in it, and it has berberine in it, and it has probiotics in it, and it really helps control the blood sugar for the young woman. It tastes delicious, and it um, has protein in it, too, so it's a wonderful way to start the day. Um, for the menstrual problems that I think are very common for young women, I recommend some liver support um, in the form of berberine, and there are herbs and supplements in there that are really important for helping a woman with her menstrual irregularities. Um, fetal methylfolate is important if a woman has an MTHFR issue. Um, what else can we talk about? What do you, what do you think about inositol? Well, inositols, myo-inositol, dechiro-inositol? Yes, for blood sugar. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, for blood absolutely. sugar and, and cycle cycles. And, and I think berberine is, is fantastic. I think it also helps with androgens. Um, as well. Now, I do um, advise women to make sure they're taking a, a probiotic um, at a diff, you know, different point in the day than they're taking the berberine because it is antimicrobial and to kind of give their body a break after a little while um, with berberine. Do you have any protocol for that for your patients? I, I think it's um, a good idea to not take berberine 24-7. I mean, you know, every day of the week. So, I usually recommend two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off, and um, center that around their cycle so that they're taking it two weeks before their period, and then from the time mm -hmm. of their period um, to they uh, till they the first half of the cycle, then I have them stop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good approach as well. Um, but I think berberine is is fantastic for women with PCOS and um, things. And you mentioned liver support. Things like N-acetylcysteine um, is is great. I think for women with PCOS as well. And 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 of course, um, 
some good omega um, threes. Um, you know, essential like fatty acids, oil. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Up to um, 1,500 milligrams of EPA, DHA, maybe even mm-hmm. twice a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that can help on so many different levels. It's like a great bang for your buck. Um, and then I, I think it's really important for women to get their vitamin D levels checked um, and make sure that you're get, trying to optimize your vitamin D. Some some women may need really like mega doses <laughs> to get them optimized. Um, so really important to check because that's um, it's very um, common for women with PCOS to be very low in vitamin D. And vitamin D has a lot to do with immunity and inflammation. Um, I and when you think about vitamin D, I don't, there are people who come in, they've been given 50,000 IUs by their medical doctor, and I think that in nature there is no such thing as 50,000 IUs of vitamin D. Yeah. So I really recommend just 5,000 um, IUs per day. And this, you know, here we get into the conversation of not all vitamins are created equally. And... Mm-hmm. I think it's important to buy your vitamins from somebody such as yourself or myself who really has pharmaceutical quality supplements and can guarantee you that what is on the label is in the bottle. And um, because people come in with to, me, to see me, they bought their vitamins from Trader Joe's or Costco or Sam's or CVS. And um, I just feel like you've wasted your money because there's no quality control in the supplement that they are producing. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, like you said, you want to get a good bang for your buck and just not be peeing the the vitamins out because they're just not really bioavailable. So um, I I totally agree, agree with that. I mean, that's, again, it's kind of being a diva and being very particular about the way that you care for yourself and and I think making sh- you know it's one thing to buy the supplements but it's another thing to make sure that they're all parsed out every week and and ready to take them you know whether you're doing it twice a day or three times a day um that's a real act of extreme self-care making sure you take your supplements um yes i, I love that and um I'm about to have a video on my website. I have people that I treat not only with PCOS but who are recovering from cancer, and sometimes they need to take 12 different supplements several times a day. And how do you go from taking those 12 bottles or five bottles if you have PCOS and making it so that you're not overwhelmed and that you do get to take your vitamins in a healthy, easy way? And I think the key is once a week on Sunday, or if you want to do it for two weeks, you line all the bottles up with your little Ziploc snack bags, and you get these little color-coded dots, and you have one color for the morning and one color for the afternoon and one color for the evening, and you put them on the dots, the dots on the little plastic bags, and then you take those bags and you fill them with your morning, afternoon, and evening supplements. So you then have those with you in your backpack or your pocketbook. And when you're eating your lunch with your friends or by yourself at your desk or whatever in the cafeteria, you just take out your little Ziploc lunch bag and you start swallowing pills as you're eating your food. That's Um, exactly what I do. Good. And it becomes really 
you think, oh, my God, how can I get into this? It's a pain in the neck. But, you know, after a week or 10 days, you're going to start feeling better. And it's going to become something that's become so much of your ritual of self-care and taking care of yourself. And you'll be able to see the results of like, oh, I changed my diet a little bit. Now I'm taking these pills. My periods are a little bit better. I'm not so depressed. I've lost a few pounds. My hair isn't falling out as much. It's a very positive reinforcement, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? You really, yeah, you definitely feel. I know I do when I when I'm not taking them. Um, so it's it's something that you know it's kind of trial by um, error, trial by experimentation. I, I often say PCOS is a, just a big experiment. You know, you have to experiment with how the vitamins make you feel, the supplements, the food, the exercise, um, you know, the stress reduction, and just really notice the impact it's having on your body. I think that's what makes it sustainable, right? I mean, that's kind of the question we had at the beginning of the podcast, how to how to make um, you know, your PCOS lifestyle sustainable over the long haul. And it is it is a lifestyle change, and it's a it's a habit change also. And a lot of the habits that people have developed are un- unconscious habits that you know their families had it within their their moms had it, their dads had it. And if you have a disease such as PCOS or complex metabolic syndrome, um, one of the things it does is it forces you to sort of wake up and think, God, you know, I'm eating like sugared cereal that's sort of like cardboard with cow's milk for breakfast and I don't feel so great in the morning after I eat that. What are my options? And luckily the internet has a lot of information that's free out there to help you uplevel your habits so that they become more conscious and they're also habits that are healthy and working for you as you turn from a young teenager into your adulthood and then you think about starting habits for your own family, and you want people to be healthy. And it doesn't take that much to um, make some small changes can have a very big impact on your health. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you have another exciting um, summit coming up for us this um, 2017. I thought you could just tell us a little bit about that upcoming summit as well as how um, women listening can learn more about the work you do. Sure. Well, Amy is going to be, has agreed, thank you very much, to join me on my PCOS Project Summit. And we're hoping to have that air sometime between the mid-May to the beginning of June. And we'll be having just a few expert people talking about PCOS from all the different angles that it's important to uplevel your health and have a healthy lifestyle that you can adjust to with this complex metabolic syndrome. So we'll be looking out for an announcement for that. And um, you can reach me through my website, naturalhealthcarehealingcenter.com. My office is in Berkeley, California, and my last name is spelled L-O-U-R-I-E. My first name is Carol. If you Google me, my website will come up. And um, I also have um, on my website, I have a free giveaway that people are more than welcome to get. Um, there's two different options. One is called the Lori Process, and the other is from Reproductive Fertility Nutritionals, and they're both a healthy nutrition guide. It has everything that I've spoken about, the modified Mediterranean approach, 
what's the what are the positive things to eat, what are some of the things you want to avoid, and it has it's all downloadable and there's a shopping list in there that you can download to your phone. So when you're going shopping, you can look and see, well, is this on the good list or is this something I need to avoid? And um, I look forward to hearing from people. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom with us and your experience working with women with PCOS. And I can't wait to hear the um, the Spirit Summit that's coming up. Um, wow, 42 uh, interviews. It's going to be a great summit. And um, thank looking you. forward to being with you on the, the PCOS Summit coming up. Well, that wraps up our podcast today, so thank you so much for listening and joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I'd love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcsdiva.com to get instant access. And make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Nedling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.